0: Stew does America. Stew does Use the promo code stew10 to save 10%. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video right now. Just do it. Take the second to just click like. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Do all the nice podcasty things. Ezra Levant is here with a warning for all of us Americans. Don't be the next Canada. An Australian woman made bank off of crypto, and we'll tell you how. It's a little bit different than normal, and it's a little bit illegal. But we start by doing the Jon Stewart manipulation. This is what Jon Stewart does. He manipulates. But he's back in the news, everybody, and that means he's got a new show, and you've got to watch it. You always have to care about what John Stewart's doing all the time. Never, ever, ever shall he be ignored. He's too important and too smart. Here's the headline. John Stewart brutally confronts Republican lawmaker over gun deaths. Odd that they don't mention who the Republican lawmaker is. That's strange. Video of John Stewart confronting Republican on guns, viewed over 8.8 million times. That sure is a lot of views, although it's odd that they didn't name the Republican. Uh, uh, John Stewart is a a badass, says the Daily Coast and their 11 year old editor. Uh, impressive. Uh, John Stewart just gave an eight-minute masterclass in highlighting gun politics hypocrisy. Again, no mention of who the Republican is. Um, new calls for Jon Stewart to run for president in 2024 from Is is I don't even know what that is. Isn't that a sports website? Why are they even talking about this? Speaking of sports and idiots in it, LeBron James, shockingly enough, on this bandwagon. Again, he uh, first puts up eight shouting emojis. Not six, not 14, but eight. And he then says, at its highest order, and then a saluting emoji. So, there you go. By the way, have I mentioned lately, uh, one of the things, one of the rules here on this program, one of the warnings to everyone out there, don't be an idiot. Don't be a LeBron. It's available at Stu. <laughs> Stu does merch.com. Promo code Stu10. Did I mention that uh, yet? So, we finally get to who this person is. Are you ready for it? Get, re- get your big name... Uh radar going cuz you're a, you're about to get hit in the face with it. Oklahoma State Senator Nathan Dom discusses viral John Stewart interview. Who is Nathan Dom? Now look, I'm sure Nathan Dom is a nice guy. A lot of people don't know who I am either. I got it. But like there's a reason why it's not like Ben Shapiro. Or, um, I don't know, uh, Stephen Gutowski or Charles C.W. Cook or someone really, really like well-known and one of the most uh, prominent arguers for uh, Second Amendment rights. It's not Alan Gura, for example. It's none of these people. It's just uh, Nathan Dom. So who is Nathan Dom? This is exactly, of course, what Jon Stewart does all the time. This is what he did in his old show. He, it's what he tries to do all the time. He takes someone that no one knows and then... Uh, tries to punch down to des- destroy them. So he gets the John Stewart eviscerates bl- this guy you've never seen before headlines. And we're all supposed to be wowed by his intellect. And of course, the left always is, largely because the most complicated thing in their lives are eggs. Just, you know, these things are just like, they're not very uh, challenged intellectually on these topics often. And so they go here. So I don't know. I mean, is uh, Nathan Dom? A guy I've never heard of, but I'm sure a nice guy. Um, and you have to be like, is Nathan Dom the guy that you'd have out there talking about Second Amendment rights? Would he be the main guy? Probably not. And this happens, News Channel 8 went to him with, a, with, this, with this particular question that's probably a good one. What do you think made him say, the person who I need to talk to next is a state senator from Oklahoma? Hmm. Nathan Dom responds. I don't know if they reach out to other people first or not, but they told me the reason they reach out to me because of some of the legislation that I had proposed, because no one's ever talked about constitutional carry before Nathan Dom. He's the guy who invented it. Now, the second question I want to get to the before we get to the actual clips, I want to get to the base level stuff here. Why would you say yes to Jon Stewart? Why would you? Again, I don't know who Nathan Dom is. He might be the nicest guy in the world. Luckily, this interviewer actually asked him, you know, kind of said, hey, why would you say yes to this? Some interesting nuggets came out of that. First of all, uh, Dom claimed that he was sent a contract before agreeing to the interview, though he could not disclose the details, which warned it would be edited and he may not be portrayed in a positive light. Gee, is that a... A warning for you when maybe you just say no to this interview. Then you had this. Do you consider it more of an interview or was it more of a debate? Dahmer replies: It was more of a conversation. There was that moment when he got heated where she actually apologized for afterwards. I, don't, I thought he was a badass. Why is he apologizing for a heated moment? Before and afterwards, John was very polite. We had a good conversation and everything. I mean, I did an hour and a half interview and they chopped it up and cut it down to eight minutes. This is this is I mean, it is indefensible. He says I went on to talk about the Second Amendment and hopefully it helped him see some things. But of course, this is what he does. He sends him a letter. uh, A contract says, hey, you might you might look like a total jerk after this interview. does an hour and a half interview, cuts it up to the eight minutes to make him look good and make the other guy look bad. And then is super polite all around it, treats him so nicely. So he's lured in to to talk to him in the first place and then just stabs him in the back the second he walks out the door. This is what John Stewart does, and he gets praised for it. In any other context, you'd be known as an a-hole. But for some reason, John Stewart gets all the praise here. So, what are these clips? What's been so viral about the John Stewart interview? I know we have to care about them. It's John Stewart. Let's get to a couple of the big clips. Here is John Stewart talking about guns with Nathan Dom.
1: Even rights have responsibilities, and that within those responsibilities, responsibilities are responsibilities. Yes and order, otherwise it's chaotic. I'll go you one further. You want to ban drag show readings to children. To my house, yes. Why? Why, why? What are you protecting? Why can we prohibit children from voting, those under 18 from voting? Why are you banning, that? Is, is that free speech? Are you infringing on that performer's free speech? They can continue to exercise their free speech, just not in front of a child. Why? Because the government does have a responsibility to protect- I'm sorry? The government does have a responsibility in oh, uh-huh. certain systems. Oh, what's the children. leading cause of death oh, amongst children in this country? And I'm gonna give you a hint. It's not drag show readings to children. Correct, yes. So what is it? I'm presuming you're gonna say it's firearms. No, I'm not gonna say it like it's an opinion. Oh, look That's at this guy. what it is. It's He's firearms. tough! More than cancer, look at him standing, more than car accidents. Look at him standing And what you're up. telling me is You don't mind infringing free speech to protect children from this amorphous thing that you think of. But when it comes to children that have died, you don't give a flying to stop that because that shall not be infringed. That is hypocrisy at its
0: highest order. That is a bunch of bull crap. And he, he, of course, knows this. By the way, guys in the control room, I messed up the order of this. If you could pull that lat, let's see, it is the, the total deaths, um, the third to last chart in this particular monologue. If you could pull that forward to this break, if it's possible, as I go through this here in a second. But uh, so he's talking, the drag queens thing is, is very interesting. We do have limitations on all sorts of constitutional rights, particularly for children. Are uh, gun deaths and drag queen story hours e- equal and a, a part of seriousness? No. However, of course, there's a very important reason why uh, you can, of course, limit these things. Free speech is it? Can you be, can it be limited for kids? Yeah, it is. In fact, all the time. I mean, I. I Again, I don't know. Maybe Nathan Dom isn't the guy to do this, but if he was talking to someone else, someone might point out to John, "Well, hey, are you okay with allowing strippers? Then you kids in strip clubs? Are you cool with that?" I don't understand why why the inconsistency. You're saying it's free speech, right? The point, of course, here is that you can limit constitutional rights for children. We all know that. No one is there's, this, is, there's this underlying thing they keep doing with the drag queen story hour situation where it's basically like, well, the real situation here is that um, they don't want uh, drag queens. It's not about kids, it's not about protecting kids. It's about drag queens, and they don't like alternative lifestyles. Look, no one uh, that I've heard is trying to limit drag queens from having story hours in nightclubs for adults. No one's doing that. No one is saying that adults can't do this. No one cares, honestly. What they care about are kids. And, of course, everyone knows that, but they act like they don't. Um, you can have and this is there is this weird hypocrisy going on right now like you can have if you go to if you're at work and you tell a salty joke a little bit of a, a joke that's a little bit on the line maybe a little um, risque you'll get your life ruined because you have a me too violation or something yet oddly those same people who will kick you out of society for the risque joke are just dying to encourage men in thongs to dance in front of toddlers. Why? It's just freaking weird. Don't act like we're weird for wanting to ban it. You're the one that's weird for thinking that's appropriate in front of kids. I'm sorry. It's just true. Um, When it comes to uh, the limiting of these, the logic of this argument from beginning to end is stupid because the truth is, honestly, you're talking about um, a, a right here that is... In the Constitution, and honestly, like, when you're talking about limiting guns as it compares to limiting drag queen story hours, drag queen story hours, if you say, hey, we cannot have drag queen story hours, uh, what you're going to do is stop people from having drag queen story hours at a restaurant or something for kids, right? You are targeting the people who are committing the crimes. When you put in new gun laws, you are not targeting the people who are most likely to commit the crimes, You are targeting the people who are least likely to commit the crimes because the people who are going to follow your stupid rules are not the people who are going to go out there and commit murders all over the place. That's why illegal guns are far more responsible for this problem than legal guns are. It's not to say that there's no problem at all, but it does come down to it. All right, let's go. We're running out of time here. Um, Do we have that chart by any chance? This is the chart he was talking about. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, this. Yeah, what you see here. Is uh, This is the uh, overdose chart. Overdoses are by far the number one killer. Second are firearms. Uh, and down the list a little bit uh, are uh, motor vehicle traffic. The, what's, what's fascinating about that is, uh, yes, for kids, guns are the number one cause of death. Uh, the reason for that is because kids don't really die all that often. The good thing is they don't die of a lot of the other things. So that the, the number is very small. Um, the, guns are number one by about 800 over, uh, car accidents. The reason for that, and this is different from in the past. The reason for that is car accidents have come down faster than gun deaths, which have also come down. So it's kind of good news, but of course it's portrayed the other way. All right, let's do this other clip. Uh, here is the other viral clip from Jon Stewart.
1: I'm a strong proponent of the Second Amendment. Uh-huh. I believe the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Uh-huh. That's the one right that's listed in the Constitution that uses that very specific shall affirmative language. You know, shall not be oh, infringed. It's also the one right that uses the the phrase "well regulated." You're saying more guns makes us more safe. Yes. So when we got 400 million guns in the country, we had an increase and gun deaths went up. So when exactly does this curve hit? That takes it down. Would a billion guns, Plies, do it? by the way. Let's just run those numbers. You know, four hundred million, fifty thousand. Uh huh. You're talking about a less than a fraction of not even a percent, of a hundredth of a percent. But it goes up. No, it Not down. No, it doesn't. So Stupid. your argument is you bad. I don't know what you're talking but about. But I believe idiot. it's the individual that is the problem. So your solution to that is You
0: could tell us as edited.
1: Give them more guns.
0: Okay. This is just like some of the stuff is just John Stewart's not very smart. A lot of it, though, here are just lies. Let me do this quickly because we're, we're running out of time. Uh, but we have had a, an uptick in violence since the pandemic, basically, an uptick in gun violence uh, deaths. Um, but of course, if John Stewart knew anything about this, he would know that his argument is idiotic. Let me show you this. This, We now have more guns than people. You know this, this is a big thing uh, the Washington Post was complaining about a few years ago, 393 million guns. You see the gun total, uh, total of guns going way, way up from, you know, back in the 90s all the way up to 2017, which is where this chart ends. So what happened in that period to gun deaths? Let's look at it. Here's the next chart. And you see the number of privately owned firearms are up 58 percent and the gun homicide rate was down oh, sorry, 56%, and down 40, what is it, 9%, 49% to 2014. So what you're talking about here is for a very, very long, long time, all the way up to pandemic, you had a massive drop in violence with a massive massive increase in firearms. But because of the last couple of years through a freaking pandemic, Jon Stewart's out there with his authoritative scowl telling you a bunch of freaking lies. This is what Jon Stewart does every single time. It's a collection of lies and mischaracterizations. It's editing, it's punching down. This is not an impressive parlor trick, but for some reason the morons on the left keep falling for it. One of our most awesome days of the month is when our box of awesome from Bespoke Post arrives. Um, They just have bringing the best stuff from all over the place. Uh, Really, all these small companies uh, that you've maybe never even heard of companies that are just like, you know, I don't know, like you would never maybe even find. They're making really cool, innovative things, and they're delivering it to you. Now, the way this thing works is you go to, uh, you take a quiz at boxofawesome.com, and there you kind of give them like your interests and the things that you really like, things that are really cool, and they will then give you the kind of recommendation of what Box of Awesome is right for you. Now, you can also do this if it's a gift. Go there, fill it out for somebody you love, and have them uh, get a great gift delivered to them every single month. Every month, they release new boxes across a ton of different categories. Each box is valued at around $70, but you only pay a fraction of that price. Now, with each box of awesome, you are supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your box of awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand. It's free to sign up. You can skip a month or cancel any time. Get 20% off your first monthly box of awesome when you go to boxofawesome.com. Enter the code Stu at checkout. Boxofawesome.com. The code is Stu for for 20% off, boxofawesome.com. Code Stu. I'm joined now by Ezra Levant. He's the founder and rebel of Rebel News and host of the Ezra Levant Show on the Rebel News channel, which is, is a good name you came up with there. It's on his YouTube channel. Make sure to head over there and subscribe. Ezra, how's it going?
2: It's great. It's great to be down here at uh, Blaze Studios. I mean, you guys really set the standard. And uh, I feel like I'm a fan, so I, I got to keep my fanboy nature in check when I when I see you and the other talent
0: here. Well, you guys do great work at Rebel News as well, and and, and it's 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 kind of like let's let's start here because you have some really interesting details about what has gone on over the past couple of years in Canada. But let me just start by the the fifty thousand foot view yeah. here, which is like as an American, like you know, American, a lifelong Toronto Blue Jays fan yeah. as an American, um, I look at Canada like you guys are our brothers. Like maybe we disagree on things here and there, but we share a lot of the, of the fundamental sensibilities. Lately though, I don't feel like I can say that anymore.
2: Yeah. I mean, really, I can't think of two countries that are more similar. Uh, we have the world's longest undefended border. We were shoulder to shoulder with you in world war one, world war two, Korea. Uh, I think that, so many people cross the Canada-US border and don't even think that they're doing something yeah. international. Yeah. Uh, culturally, we watch the same TV shows, we listen to the same music. We have a few small differences. We say boot the hoose. Yeah, right, and, but, <laughs> yeah, of course. But I mean, you've got accents across America, too. Mm. I think there really are no closer nations than Canada and the United States. But imagine if Gavin Newsom became president of the United States, <laughs> oh. and imagine if there were no term limits, and uh. he just stuck around. What would happen to America over time? That's what's happened to Canada with Justin Trudeau, who has been reelected several times and may well be re- reelected this year. And so over time, every institution becomes a little bit more radicalized, a little bit more wokeified, and certain checks and balances that you have in the United States, we don't have in Canada. And we saw that laid bare during the pandemic. A- at least in America, you had some courts stand up for freedom. Mm-hmm. You had some governors. You had, you know, some of the Republicans. You had a spectrum of responses. Sure. There was some pushback. It was not a total uniformity of viewpoint. In, in Canada, none of that happened. You know, there's the, the federal parliament. Every party in there agreed. We have 10 provinces and three territories. Every premier and every opposition party agreed. Every media agreed. Every law society, every agreed. Every law professor, every yeah. every cultural institution, no one was on the other side. And the odd doctor who dared speak out, he had his license suspended by the College of Physicians and Surgeons. And so, that's what that doesn't happen over time. The the lockdowns and the pandemic laid that bare. But that took years to get ready for. Let me give you an example of how extreme it was. Sure, yeah. Quebec, which is the second largest province, the French-speaking province, wonderful place. They put their province under a curfew from 10 p.m. till 5 a.m. In fact, you couldn't even go out to walk your dog. How's that a health measure? <laughs> right. And this curfew was not just for the unvaccinated. It was for vaxxed or not, healthy or sick. That's a, that's what you do in a prison, you have a locked, that's where the word lockdown came from, prisons. We had a no-fly list domestically. So if you were unjabbed as I and millions of other Canadians for whatever reason, we religious sure. or medical or we didn't think we were at risk, if you chose not to get vaxxed, in the second largest country in the world you were not allowed to board a plane or a train. You had to drive across the longest country, second longest country in the world. And the prime minister himself saw that he could use fear to whip up anger against the unvaxxed because he knew that if someone was unvaxxed, most likely they weren't gonna vote for him. Mm -hmm. So he didn't care about about the voters. And he demonized them. he had a campaign in the middle of, an election campaign in the middle of the lockdowns, and he said, should we even tolerate them? Should we even tolerate them? They're misogynist and extremist. What, what, what did that have to do with anything? <laughs> right, right. He just played the message track of the left, and I'm embarrassed to say that he was reelected. And so he's learned the lesson that, that he can get away with it, mm. and that although some people wake up to it, some people, I mean, I just, I just came from Toronto, people are still not everybody there are, there are masks sure. people are wearing masks some people found meaning in the pandemic some people loved strict yeah. rules they, they they felt secure in the strict rules just like some prisoners who serve a lot of time in prison don't actually know how to survive in freedom they they actually thrived in jail right there are some people who loved the
0: pandemic C- can you put uh, uh- Put Trudeau in perspective uh, in Canadian history, yeah. because like I, I think we look at you know Canadian leadership has always been a little more liberal, maybe than what we would accept, expect. It, yeah. Is he exceptional for Canada? Well, and I mean, exceptionally bad.
2: His <laughs> father was prime minister too for mm-hmm. 16 years. Again, that's what happens when you don't have term limits. Yeah. And his father, by by some measures, was, was a Marxist. I don't think he would have denied that. Mm. Uh, you might recall that Pierre Trudeau had a true friendship with uh, Castro. He would mm. go to Cuba all the time. Um, in fact, there's there's rumors, uh, I don't think they've been proven or disproven, that Justin Trudeau, yeah. because of course, uh, Pierre Trudeau's wife, Margaret, was thir- about 30 years younger than him. Mm. So she was a young, beautiful woman. And you can see all the photos uh, in, in the late 60s and 70s, yeah. they were very handsy yeah. with each other. and yeah. I mean, if you compare pictures (laughs) of of young Castro and young Justin Trudeau, it's eerily similar. There's
0: something there for at least a fun conspiracy theory, at the very least. But
2: I I haven't seen it proven or disproven. Right, I haven't either. But here's what we do know. Mm -hmm. Justin Trudeau looks to Fidel Castro as a father figure, Mm
0: -hmm. if not actually a father. Which is more important, frankly. yeah. Yeah,
2: and... But in an unscripted, he, he had a little town hall, Justin Trudeau, when he was running for office. In an unscripted question, he was asked, what country other than Canada do you most admire? Well That's a good question. I, I, would, I would think of some interesting answers myself. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. With, without missing a beat, he said, China. Okay, now, that's an okay I, answer. You could, I, I like Chinese food, Chinese people, Chinese language, Chinese history, Chinese culture. There's a lot of things to like about China. Mm-hmm. But there's one thing not to like about China and that's its communist dictatorship. But in his next breath he said, because of its basic dictatorship, Mm-hmm. And then he went on to expand. They can move uh, without uh, the hassle of hearings and so. He said China, and that's not necessarily a bad answer if he were to say, "I love the Chinese people and the history, and I hope they become free and they can really participate." Like they, they could he sure. could have said something good. <laughs> but <didn't>. the one <laughs> thing he mentioned was the odious thing about yeah. that country, and and he continued down that line. His father Pierre Trudeau took the boys to Siberia, to the Soviet Union during the Cold War and said, this is the future, lads. Justin Trudeau has a brother, Alexandra, who has made a documentary film about Iran, okay. Published by whom? By the Iranian government. Wow. He wrote a book about China, okay. A lot of people do, I have. Mm -hmm. Published by whom? Published by the Chinese
0: government. Mm, I'd assume your book was not published. No, it, by was. <laughs> no, it <laughs> was not
2: and Like there's thousands of publishers you can self-publish. Why would you have the Chinese government edit your book and pay for your book mm. and Alexandre Trudeau was Justin Trudeau's policy advisor when he ran for the leadership of the liberal party There's a big scandal in Canada over the past couple of weeks because the the Trudeau's have something called the Trudeau Foundation mm-hmm. and Alexandra on uh, is on the board. Pierre Trudeau's illegitimate child uh, has a has an illegitimate daughter. She's on the board. It's like a family slush fund. Sure. The Chinese government donated hundreds of thousands of dollars. The Chinese government donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to the family foundation. It's it really is reminiscent of the Clinton Foundation, and. There was a bit of a scandal because the Chinese weren't just donating to the Trudeaus. They were manipulating party primaries. Who would become the candidate for the Liberal Party to run for parliament? There's a lot of Chinese Canadians, but many of them love freedom. They came to Canada to get away from communism. There's a big Hong Kong tradition in Canada. So there were Chinese Canadians in parliament who were for freedom. Those districts were targeted by the People's Republic of China, And they ran Chinese Canadians who were pro-Beijing, and they instructed Chinese exchange students and others to get involved and to campaign for the pro-Beijing candidates. And so the freedom-oriented, democracy-oriented Chinese Canadians who were MPs, even who were in the Liberal Party, were expunged by China in Canada. Trudeau was given a briefing about this by our version of the CIA called CSIS. Mm. They actually felt they had to intervene because a Liberal Party candidate named Han Dong, that's his name was a Chinese asset and this and the, our CIA, the CSIS, went to Trudeau and said, you've got you've got to disallow this candidate." Trudeau waved them off. Of course he wants them. It's the country he most admires. It's the country sending hundreds of thousands of dollars to his family slush fund. And Mm. to this day, Trudeau says, I will not allow an investigation into it. That is Canada. So Mm. there's, let me throw one more thing at you about Trudeau. Mm -hmm. Trudeau's not quite like Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden has no control of his impulses, drugs, prostitutes, et cetera. But you can imagine that China had the contents of that laptop long before the New York Post did. Oh, yeah. And they didn't even need the laptop because they had direct, like you can imagine all the honeypots like Hunter Biden is. is a walking um, uh, extortion <laughs> jackpot. Yes, for any, he really he, is. He really is.
0: The perfect target.
2: And, and don't think that doesn't affect Joe Biden, who may be implicated too. I don't have evidence of that, but Hunter Biden is a disaster. Mm. Justin Trudeau is not as dissolute as Hunter Biden, but Justin Trudeau has a history and whether it's something as goofy as dressing up in blackface, mm. which he did up until middle age, or sexual harassment. He, he uh, sexually assaulted a woman named Rose Knight in Creston, BC. He later sloughed it off saying, oh, she experienced it differently. But I can only imagine what China knows about him because our own media didn't vet the guy. See, one of the reasons you vet candidates is you wanna know their strengths and weaknesses and their policies. But is there a, a ticking time sure. bomb in a guy? Something you don't see coming. Yeah. Like, I mean, the Democrat ran against DeSantis, Gillum. Mm. We, we learned things after the election <laughs> right. about dodging a bullet there. Yeah. I think Justin Trudeau is vulnerable from an international security point of view, mm. and that may explain some of his foreign policy decisions. But in any event, his domestic policy is what really concerns me. He has followed Fidel Castro the Soviets, the Chinese, the people who he publicly says he admires If he says he admires them, we should believe him Mm -hmm. when he says he admires them. When Pierre Trudeau died, the only world leaders who attended the funeral, if I recall, one was Jimmy Carter and the other was Fidel Castro. Those were the only world leaders that came when Pierre Trudeau died. Mm -hmm. There was a closeness there, Mm -hmm. and Justin Trudeau looks up to that Tough, tyrant, authoritarian, and over time, Pierre Trudeau, 16 years as prime minister. Justin Trudeau now eight years as prime minister. That's a quarter of a century of Trudeaus running Canada. That can corrode even a free people over
0: time. Let's take a quick break, and then on the other side, I want to talk about how he's using the powers and starting to implement these powers in Canada to crack down on all sorts of different groups. We're talking to Ezra Levant. We'll be back in just a second. We're back with Ezra Levant of Rebel News. So we were talking about the the sort of affinity that uh, Justin Trudeau seems to feel with a lot of these foreign dictators, has relationships with them. It seemed to me COVID gave him the excuse to kind of do a little fantasy league, like a dictator fantasy league up in Canada. We saw it with the Canadian truckers at first. We're seeing it with the churches and religion, anyone who speaks out against COVID stuff. Can you kind of bring us back? Let's start with the trucking situation. I, I, I... That was an inexplicable response from a government over people who just felt they they should have their rights honored. Yeah. You
2: know, there there was no institutional pushback to Trudeau's authoritarianism during the lockdown. There just wasn't. Um, The opposition parties, the media in Canada, almost every single media company, relies on government funding. Uh, Obviously the largest media in the country called the CBC is our state broadcaster. It's owned by Trudeau. Mm -hmm. It's larger than all the private media combined. But every private media takes a bailout from Trudeau. So they magnified his voice. So who opposed? An authentic, organic group of truckers. Truckers are very independent-minded. Most of them, are, you know, are owned by themselves. They own their own rig, maybe their contract. Some work for a company, but a lot of truckers very independent-minded. So it's amazing these truckers, and it's such a visual thing. 100 trucks driving on a highway, people literally come out, they wanna watch it. People lined overpasses and it was a revelation that they had been lied to. They had a false consciousness that everyone supported the lockdowns, everyone supported vaccine mandates, mm. and, and thousands of trucks, and I would estimate close to a million people along the way. Maybe maybe 100,000, but, but probably multiples of that. Yeah visually, physically, personally saw this manifestation. No, we don't all agree. And so it woke up the country that had been hypnotized. No, no, you're the crazy one for not liking this. Because look at this 30 miles of truck coming. Mm -hmm. When they got to Ottawa, what crime did they commit? Did they storm the parliament? No, they did not. Did they have any weapons on them? No, we're Canadian, we're not that armed. (laughs) Were, Were there any violent crimes whatsoever? No, in fact, crime in downtown Ottawa fell during the truckers. So what law did they break? Well, they broke some parking fine. They broke some parking laws and they were honking their horns and that kept uh, some of the neighbors awake. So they went to court to get an injunction to to have the honking stopped and they obeyed. Mm -hmm. They committed no crime. And yet Trudeau was so embarrassed by them that he deployed riot cops. He invoked martial law. And again, the reaction even by civil liberties groups was to egg him on more, go harder, crush them. All the so-called liberal voices, the civil liberties voices, were either silent or wanted harsher responses. Seizing bank accounts of political opponents, that's Venezuela stuff, that's Castro Mm. stuff. And and yet he feels vindicated. Uh, He doesn't feel embarrassed by it. The media party, as I call it, totally supports him. I'm worried about Canada because these things didn't happen overnight. I blame the Trudeau's in part, of course I do. But that's a lot of institutions failing all at once.
0: Is there uh, hope for a society that doesn't react at all to something like this? I mean, like,
2: you've got, there's gotta be hope. And you've gotta keep hope alive and you've gotta keep working as if there's hope. And, but the thing is, this problem happened over 20 or 30 years. So it's gonna take 20 or 30 years to get back on course. Trouble is, a lot of the woke craziness from campuses, well, and it's now in lawyers and now judges. So, mm. you know, the long march through the institutions continues in Canada. I am worried about things. Canada is just about five years further down that road than America, so I tell my American friends, hold on to your freedoms. We are a cautionary tale. Look at us as a bad example and hold on to what you have, because I wish that I could go back in time and say to Canadians five, 10 years ago, watch out, beware of what's coming. I can't do that because I don't have a time machine, but I can come here from the future, from America's mm. future and say, I come from your future to warn you, if you do not be careful, you will be Canadianized. And that's not a compliment.
0: Mm. Uh, you know, I think one of the most fascinating parts about watching everything, particularly th- in the COVID era, of watching the strange things that occurred Maybe the most su- su- surprising part of it was the the, the attacks on faith. Yeah. We saw that here, where you know we have a, a, a clear clear First Amendment that protects religious liberty, yeah. and a, a long standing tradition of it, and still. States try to you know, shut down successfully in some cases, yeah. shut down services, even not even in, in the first weeks where I still think it was completely, uh, completely unconstitutional to do so. But also months and months and, and in some cases into a year after the pandemic started. And honestly, like I look at what happened here and it was shocking to me. I, I, yeah. You know, I'm surprised we have not seen more action even in the courts to stop this stuff. In Canada, it was considerably worse. I mean, it, what, what's going on now with multiple doctors yeah. in Canada? Can you walk us through? Because I know you've been working with these, sure. uh, ex, uh, with these uh, uh, pastors Excuse me, um, on their legal defense. This is really important work. Yeah,
2: A lot of pastors were jailed in Canada for not closing their churches. More pastors were jailed in Canada for not closing their churches in the pandemic than were jailed in China for the same reason, that is a fact. In fact, there were some Christian pastors who were jailed, one of them, Arthur Pavlovsky's, for 50 days, and today, I just got an update from the court back in Calgary, Canada, that there's a Christian pastor, so we're out of the lockdowns now. This pastor was charged because he was feeding the homeless during the lockdowns. They charged him with an illegal gathering for (laughs) feeding the homeless on the street. Incredible. Now they've charged him again, because five days ago he went to a drag Queen Story Hour at a public library and sort of heckled them. They arrested him, threw him in is jail. Is there a
0: heckling crime in Canada?
2: It is not a crime. You, know, okay. you could say causing a disturbance. but sure. you, you don't jail someone for that. In Canada, we give bail to accused terrorists, and this accused pastor, this morning was told he must remain in, pr- in prison for another eight days, a grand total of 13 days for heckling a drag queen story out, not for any physical violence. In fact, he had violence done to him. And, and there's silence, silence even from the mainstream church leaders, silence from the civil liberties groups, silence from other politicians. I don't know what's going on. There is a rising anti-Christian bigotry Justin Trudeau whipped up some of that. He said that the churches were to blame for violating the rights of the indigenous people. There was a string of arson and vandalism, about 50 churches were targeted and Trudeau didn't say a word about it. And Trudeau's right hand man, Gerald Butt said, well, it's understandable. Can you imagine? And We don't know who that was because the police haven't investigated with any effort. Was that Antifa? Was that, who's torching churches in Canada? Burning them down, vandalizing them, desecrating them. And why doesn't anyone care? I say again, if those were synagogues or mosques, there would be a lot of attention to it. I think that that the marginalization of Christians in Canada is a scandal. It's not as bad, obviously, as in Syria, Iraq, China. But I think that the treatment of Christians in Canada should be put on a human rights watch list. And I would ask Americans, because you care about freedom around the world. I know that congressmen and senators and committees study religious freedom around the world. It's one of my favorite things about America. You care about the world Give a care for Canada. Put us on your list. We're not the worst problem. We're not as bad as North Korea. But we are a problem, and we could use some kind words because Canadians are always saying... An American wow. paid attention to us. Mm-hmm. Canada was mentioned in the New York Times. Like, there, There's a little bit of an inferiority complex in our country because we're, we're like the mouse next to the elephant. Sure. So when the elephant notices us, we're excited. <laughs> I would ask my American friends to mention Canada, think of Canada because we're in trouble and we could use some
0: help um, can you walk people through if they want if they can help out your organization and, and, and what you're doing and how they can get involved?
2: Thank you. I mean, I run Rebel News, which is a news company, and you can check us out at rebelnews.com.
0: And you cover a lot of these stories there. We that's do, but important.
2: sometimes we get involved to actually help. So this Christian pastor who's in jail today, his name is Derek Reimer, and we've set up a website called SavePastorDerek.com, and that's a crowdfunding site that pays his lawyers. And actually, if you're Canadian, you'll get a charitable tax receipt for it. So if you if you want to help this Christian pastor, go to SavePastorDerek.com. He was in court this morning. We'll be there for him in court in eight days. And I'm worried this is going to be a big battle. They want to throw some hate crimes charges at him. Hate crimes charges. Because a Christian pastors against a Drag Queen Story Hour, they want to charge him with hate crimes. That's This is going to be a bigger battle.
0: Uh, it's SavePastorDerek.com. Yeah. Make sure to check it out. It's Ezra Levant from Rebel News. Uh, Thank you so much for uh, doing this. Make sure to check out the Ezra LeVant Show and head over to Rebel News uh, and the YouTube page to subscribe. Ezra, thanks so much for coming on the program.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: You probably love products that are made in America because we like supporting American manufacturing. Of course, Canadian manufacturing as well, Ezra, but uh, made in America is an important thing and it's important to look at your country and try to support your country. Um, If you're looking for uh, great belts, socks, wallets, and you wanna do something that is 100% made in the USA by American workers using American manufacturing products, you need to look no further than GRIP 6. Right now they're running a factory second sale for email subscribers only. You wanna get involved in this. You wanna get get, get this in your life. Uh, These products still have the same lifetime guarantee for functionality. You can get them at even uh, better price than you normally would. And this is only running until March 15th. So don't miss out on this. Uh, Some products are gonna go really, really fast. You got Father's Day is around the corner. You have, of course, birthdays and all these other things you need for gifts. Also, you know, and treating yourself to something nice is always good a American manufacturing at its very best and you don't want to uh, miss out on it right now you can get 40% off the grip 6 factory second sale and you'll also get the grip 6 lifetime guarantee for functionality Go to grip 6com stew and subscribe to the email list for a special 40% off discount It's a limited time offer only going on now uh, for email subscribers it's grip 6.com/stew. So, back on May 20th, 2021, a woman in Australia was supposed to get a, a refund from crypto.com. Um, now, she's supposed to get 100 bucks back, and she got that 100 bucks back. There was a bit of an error, though. Um, it, she got a little bit more back than expected um, <laughs> $10.474 million. <laughs> Now, this is a pretty good day, I think, for most people. She, what happened was basically whoever the employee was that was supposed to refund her $100 mistakenly put the account number in the payment line. So the long account number that you have, that was actually, I guess it was her account number was probably 10474143 or something. They put that in there. She got $10.4 million. Now, if this happens to you, what do you do? There's a moment there where you're thinking, I don't know. Maybe I just don't say anything and see what happens. Uh, but I mean, come on, seriously. Um, she bought a $1.35 million house in Melbourne. Then she, uh, also, uh, transferred $430,000 to her daughter. She did a bunch of other stuff too. Uh, and now has been finally caught. Basically what they said was she knew it was a mistake and she just decided to keep the money, which of course is true, but also like at some point it took them 7 months. Seven months. This shows you how good of a time it was in crypto. It took them seven months to realize they sent $10 million to the wrong person. They eventually did find it out and now she's uh, in a little bit of trouble. She has to sell her property. She has to pay interest of over $27,000. But, uh, you know, she, uh, she still will always have the memories of that year, that she was a an eight-figure millionaire. Uh, so that's kind of good. Congratulations. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the next year might not be quite as as memorable. Okay, so here's what happened. China, they have tons of great laws and a great government always coming up with the right things for the people. Well, they were worried about uh, obscene online material and they decided to put a new law in that basically um, banned lingerie models, female lingerie models from um, displaying their, their goods. Um, Now, one online shopper uh, looked at this and they said, well, wait a minute, because they were streaming these things to supposedly sell them. And they said, well, we can't have female models of our lingerie. How are we going to sell our lingerie? So now they're just putting male models (laughs) dressed in lingerie to wear the lingerie. I don't think this is what China intended exactly. Uh, Probably didn't want that. Now there's a big uproar because uh, while, yes, it's very strange to look at men in, in lingerie. Um, secondarily, it's also costing women jobs and people are upset that women uh, can't have these lingerie model jobs anymore. So there you go. I mean, look, I think our societies now line up exactly. They don't have, they have male lingerie models. We have drag queen, drag queen story hours. It all works very well together. We'll see you tomorrow.